It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Joey Madore. Live from the WATH studios, this is the Sports Fan, presented by JNK Contracting. 6.06 on the clock. we got a shorter show for you today because we got the Columbus Blue Jackets Network join coming on at 6.30. Joey Medor alongside Ross Chris and Andrew Allison. we got a packed house, and we have a very cool guest to open up the show here today. We have Aaron Portsline calling in. He writes for The Athletic. He's at A Portsline on Twitter. Aaron, how you doing today, my friend? I'm doing very well. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And Aaron, just to start off, you know, we're a Columbus Blue Jackets affiliate down here in Athens, have a lot of fans in the area. And just to start off, you know, kind of a rocky season. It's had its ups and downs. What is your, you know, overall outlook as we head into, you know, the kind of the final stretch here? Well, I think, um, you know, I think most people came into the season with fairly, I don't want to speak for every fan, but fairly low expectations i think people realized that this was going to be a a rebuilding year or a restart of the organization as they like to say the franchise uh, puts it that way a uh, very young team extremely young team they took a lot of players out of the lineup after a tough season last season and started looking toward the future so you've got you know an 18 year old cole sillinger who's played a pretty prominent role in this team at mostly a middle six Centerman, you've got Chinikov, who's 19 years old. They've got extremely young on the back end. And beyond just them being young, you've got players in new roles. Elvis Merzlikens, the goaltender. Uh, his first crack is a number one starting goaltender. There's been some rocky stretches for sure. Uh, but I think most people, you know, they, they've kept their head above 500, which I think for most people would is above what they were expecting. I think a lot of people thought this is one of the five worst teams in the in the league or would be when the season started. And, and they've had, uh, I think they've opened some eyes a little bit in a lot of different parts of their roster. Aaron, thanks for joining us. The Blue Jackets head into New York tonight to take on those Islanders. What are some of the keys to this game for this matchup? Yeah, you know what? I, I think for the Blue Jackets, you're looking at a, at a team that, you know, kind of limping toward the end here, um, a team that obviously relies really heavily on Zach Wierenski on defense. He's out tonight. His second game he'll miss now with a with a head injury. Um, Boone Jenner, a guy they lean on, you know, just as heavily as they do Wierenski on the back end. That's how how much they need Jenner up front, and he's out as well with a back injury. So it, this is an uphill battle. They knew it would be uh, coming down the home stretch. They're not going to rush either of those guys. So, you know, I, I think you, you know, they're going to need something something special on both ends of the ice. I think the Islanders are having a rough season, too. The Islanders can move ahead of the Blue Jackets in the overall standings with the win tonight for what that's worth. Um, not that much, unless you're looking forward to the draft already. Um, but it's a couple of teams that have been, you know, kind of hanging in there. I think the Islanders season is disappointing. The Blue Jackets season would be encouraging, but, but they're very, two very similar teams 
uh, kind of plan out the string here in uh, 2022. Aaron, what is the, you talked about they're kind of limping towards the finish line there. What's the feeling around the organization as the season comes to a close? Is it kind of, all right, let's get these guys that are injured and banged up some rest, get these younger, even, I mean, I guess if there's anyone else left that's younger that still needs playing experience that hasn't already yeah. this season, get them playing experience, or is it now we're get, still gonna, going to try to treat this as if we were trying to make a playoff push? Yeah, well, knowing this, these guys, and this is kind of the, to their detriment, they, they, they try to win every, every game full bore 100%. Now, there's the thinking that they should be rebuilding, which means they should be one of the two or three worst teams and, and get a great player in the draft. They're probably going to be picking middle of the first round. But, I mean, I, you know, there's going to be some interesting stories to watch the rest of the way. They're not going to take their foot off the pedal by any stretch. They're going to be, I think, super patient with Jenner and Warensky and their injuries. You know, there's really no reason for Jenner to hurry back and play five games if his back isn't 100%, maybe 110% if that's even possible. Uh, Warensky, if he has a concussion, no one is saying that, but maybe you give him two, three extra days than you normally would. Um, just as a precaution, again, these games, I don't want to say they don't matter because when you're selling tickets to something, it matters, but you got to be smart with, with what the true meaning of these games are. But there, there are, there's at least a player coming that is, is really good news for the Blue Jackets. Kent Johnson, who's a sophomore at Michigan. Uh, the Wolverines are in the Frozen Four next week in Boston. Whenever they lose or whenever they win at all, uh, look for him to be in Columbus just a couple of days later, and he is part of the great wave, the great talent wave that this franchise is expecting over the next couple of years, the guys that are really going to, they hope, lift them into the next realm. So Kent Johnson from Michigan should be here. Um, that's going to be a, a story to watch as this season unfolds. And how does he compare, I mean, to a guy like Warinsky who came from Michigan. He, he also he went to Cleveland, though, Warinsky did, instead of coming straight to Columbus. But how does, Correct. where they're at in their, I mean, I guess, progression of their career and talent, where was he at compared to where Z was when he came to Col uh, Cleveland in 2016? Yeah, and I'd have to go back and look at this, but I, they drafted uh, Johnson after his freshman season at Michigan, and he's built on that this year. The, those guys want to win it all at Michigan, one of the great recruiting classes ever. Wierenski um, came to Columbus, as you said, played with Cleveland. Those guys, the, the monsters were the AAA team, the AHL team were really good um, and, in fact, won the Calder Trophy that year um, and said he was a part of that. It was a great experience for him. Cleveland not in the same sort of cut this year. Um, so the other thing, too, is when Wierenski came here and played 10 games back then, his, the first year of his contract would have been engaged, and so he would have had only two years left on his entry. So Johnson is a year older, and so the moment he signs his contract, he burns the first year of his entry-level deal. So it doesn't matter how many games he plays in the NHL. It doesn't matter if he plays in Cleveland. He will burn the first year the minute he signs. So there's really no reason to delay uh, his NHL 
arrival. They did that with Wierenski to let him play pro without having a count toward his his uh, entry-level deal. It's a little bit different. Aaron, we got one coming in from one of our listeners, Nathan. Thank you, Nathan. Is the minimal return the Blue Jackets got in the Max Domi trade indicative of the franchise knowing they wouldn't be able to get be able to retain him this coming offseason? Um, no, I, I think it's more of a reflection on, on how the league sees Domi right now. Unfortunately, I was a little surprised by how low the level of interest was and what they were able to get in return for him. I don't think there was any... We're talking about these players coming in for the Blue Jackets. They've got to make room for these guys. And Domi was not going to be back next year. That, that's a, I don't know how he felt about that, but the team was not interested in bringing him back uh, next season. He's a UFA. He was on the move. Um, I thought they'd at least get a second round or a third round pick for that. They ended up getting a prospect who was a third round pick just this last year. Um, so I guess that's fairly similar, a player that they've seen, defenseman in Boston College, Aiden Reshik. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think that, I don't think there was any issue with the Blue Jackets wanting to keep Domi and not being able to. They were they were pretty clear without saying so publicly that, that he's he was not a player that they really had a keen interest on for, in keeping. Because, again, Johnson's coming in at the top six player. Kirill Marchenko's coming in. And I think you're going to see some changes this summer. I think they're going to try to be extremely active on the trade front this summer. Still some changes to come. And then kind of keeping with the offseason here, I think the, the biggest question on everyone's mind is, is when is Yarmo and Patrick Laine going to get together and try to hash out a contract extension? If that's yeah. still something on the table, is there any news on that front that you have? Well, the only thing we know for sure is that there have been sort of initial talks in that direction, sort of a... Here's what we're thinking. What are you thinking? I think both sides understand where they're at. I think there is a mutual interest in getting something done. I think the Blue Jackets, you know, they've got another year of line A. He's a restricted free agent. So they're not at risk of losing him this summer. But this this is a player, and I think if you've watched him play the last three months, you would understand this. This is the guy they want to keep around. Um, Absolutely, because it's just explosive offensive play, and really, his play in in, in all areas of the game uh, has really been, I think, an eye opener this season. So it seems like it's a deal that both sides want to get done. But as you guys know, it's it's going to come down to term, and it's going to come down to money. And the players now, as of the summer, will be one year away from UFA status. So you know, if they're way off and what they're thinking, I can't imagine they would be, but if they are, um, then the Blue Jackets have a year to act and get something in return for line A if they think that the price is too high. I get the sense they'll get it done. I think it'll be five, six-year deal, and it could reach, it's hard for me to even say these numbers, but it could reach $10 million bucks a year given his production this season. Well, Aaron, we'd love to talk to you for, I mean, as long as we can on this show, but unfortunately we got to cut it short today because the Blue Jackets coming on at 6.30 right here. But we appreciate you, sir, taking time to speak with us today, and hopefully we get to chat with you again sometime soon. Yeah, that sounds great, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely.
So again, that was Aaron Portsline, writes for The Athletic, covers the Columbus Blue Jackets. Again, you can follow him on Twitter at A Portsline. And again, another great conversation with him, very insightful about the state of the Blue Jackets right now. Yeah, I forgot to ask him. I'm going to be heading to the Nationwide next Thursday. I need to know the do's and don'ts of attending a Blue Jackets game. I can't be standing around there looking like a rookie in my first Blue Jackets experience. What do I need to do? What parts of the stadium do I need to see? You know, what, what chance do I need to know? I've been to a couple games. I'll tell you one. Cover your ears after they score a goal. Oh, is it loud? Wonderful. Yeah, they fire off the cannons, dude. Oh, no, you, gotta, you don't tell people that. Well, you just got to, well, go. we won't be there, but it's always I'm fun. Got, no, no, I'm giving them a, a tip. For someone whose first time there had no idea that was coming, <laughs> I jumped six feet out of my chair. That's the best part is when I go with someone I don't that hasn't been there before. Yeah. And they, they first fire it off when the team comes on the ice, so beware of that. Well, it makes sense because, like, there's a cannon in the logo. So you would think, oh, yeah, this could definitely be part of the game. But if you don't, if you don't know, definitely scare you. <laughs> Reminds me of the Buccaneers. I think the Buccaneers used to have a cannon when they'd get a touchdown uh, down in Raymond James. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, we got to a quick break. We got a lot of topics to discuss on the other side. Shortened show today. We're going to talk all about Mark Sears, key player for the Ohio Bobcats, announced that he's in the transfer portal. We'll talk about all the ramifications of that on the other side of this break. This is the Sports Fan presented by J&K Contracting on 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Athens County cares about you. I'm Micah. Join me Tuesdays and Fridays at 10.06 on Classic Hits 970 AM and 971 FM WATH for discussions about essential information for seniors, such as nutrition, caregiving, mental health, Medicare, and all other relevant topics for seniors in Athens County and the surrounding areas. Athens County Cares, a project of United Seniors of Athens County, Tuesdays and Fridays at 10.06 a.m. on WATH. Don't leave money on the table. FAFSA could help the journey to college be less of a financial burden. We also help with filling out FAFSA, so it's less stressful for you. Visit itsforyou.org to use free resources to get free federal student financial aid for college. Visit itsforyou.org to learn more. Sponsored by the Ohio Department of Higher Education. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. From Gruiser Realty and Building, it's Larry Conrath, the only Larry Conrath in real estate. Larry Conrath, he sells houses. Larry Conrath, he sells houses. Larry Conrath, he sells houses, farms and acreage, too. For the only Larry Conrath in real estate, please call 5913015, 5913015. What was that number? It's 5913015. Call the only Larry Conrath in real estate. 5913015. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. Big 
news coming out of the camp for Ohio men's basketball. First team All-Mac player who averaged over 20 and a half points per game last year. Mark Sears announces he's entering the transfer portal. Obviously, the news earlier this week was that other top scorer, Ben Vanderplas, is also entering the transfer portal. It's a tough week if you're a Bobcat fan, losing two of the top contributors. And, you know, th this is a loaded conversation, fellas. Again, join me alongside Ross Christ, Andrew Allison. But th this situation, especially with Sears, opens up a whole new can of worms of, you know, if teams at the mid-major level in rural small towns like Athens are able to keep guys around here when NILs, name, image, and likeness deals, have become such a prevalent part of the college game. Well, you look what happened with Carter coming back. So he came from a bigger school to a, to a smaller town with his transfer window. So we'll see how this one plays out. I think time will tell how it works. But, yeah, you're probably on to something with the business side of it, with the NIL. I mean, being in a major market, something like that. But... One thing you said is it's done, and you made it sound like it is done and dusted. They just entered the portal. They're not done yet. Sure. Who knows? They could come back. I follow Jason Arkley on Twitter. He used to write for the Athens News for a long time, knows Ohio men's basketball quite well. And he did say BVP is built a little bit differently. He could very very much be in the convo next year playing some basketball. Basketball, excuse me. But Mark Sears, what a player. Excellent. Scores. Does everything you want. Plays the whole entire game. Barely comes off. You know, he does a lot for Jeff Bowles out there. He's a big, big loss. And if you lose both of these guys next season, I would have to say the ball pass are in a little bit of trouble. Unless they have some studs coming up um, that I don't currently know about. But these two guys obviously get it done for them uh, day in, day out. And they get a ton of minutes for that for that coach. Yeah, I would think uh, you brought up NIL deals. And, yeah, sure, maybe that played a part in it in my mind. But, honestly, I think... This was happening before NIL deals. It's a takeaway. Say NIL never happened. Mark Sears is probably still sitting here recognizing he's got offers from, well, supposedly he has interest from Alabama, Auburn, also some bigger schools. And, well, he's from Alabama, so that's why I mentioned Alabama, Auburn. Yeah, but he's a guy where even without NILs and transfer portals, he's a guy whose name would have been in the hat of big-time college programs anyway. Right. I, I don't think NIL necessarily made a factor on this now. To Ross's point, it, it is one of those where it just kind of stinks. It stings a little bit because, I mean, he was a really good ball player and the main source of offense and ball handler on your team. Now, I know you does have a, a fairly good recruiting class coming up, but that, that's, that becomes an awful young team. I mean, when you lose Sears, BVP, Carter's going to be gone. I mean, that becomes three dangerously. Right yeah, yep. that's, that's a dangerously young team. Yeah, you're 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 relying. First of all, you need Ben Roderick to pull his head out of you know where next season. <laughs> um, you need a guy like an AJ Clayton who was you know obviously extremely young this year. He should have been a senior in high school, but he's got to grow up fast. You're gonna need AJ Azuma to grow up fast. Yeah, I mean you have uh, what the kid's name AJ Brown, Anthony Brown from yeah, uh, Florida. He, Brown. He's obviously the big get for the Bobcats this off season. You're pretty much gonna maybe throw him into playing big minutes right away. Miles Brown's coming back. There's still pieces there from this year's team, but like you guys just mentioned, I mean, that, that's your top three scorers all gone, and probably number four. Tommy Schmack's gone, too. I think by the end of the season, he was probably the fourth best scorer on the yeah, team. So honestly, some games he was your leading scorer. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a hard time in the convo next year. What do you think? Do you think? We'll see. I mean, the it's, it's so finicky every year, right? You know, 
obviously, and with Jeff Bowles, like you mentioned at the beginning of this segment, Ross, you know, Bowles is able to pull in a guy like a Jason Carter from a Xavier to come over and play for him in their final year of eligibility. So maybe he can look to, you know, the Power Five again. And keep in mind, you do have Dwight Wilson coming back next year as well. He played great in uh, two years ago in the tournament run. And to your point, Joey, they're talking about the recruiting, uh, the transfer portal there. There was, uh, I don't know if I can find it quickly enough, but there was about the Iowa kid. Was it the Iowa kid? Joe Toussaint? Yes, that's who it was. Yeah, they said Ohio was pursuing him. So, we'll see. I mean, there's some other D1 teams on that list. Xavier, Cincinnati, Ohio. Seems to be a lot of uh, teams in the general area, though. Rhode Island, Florida Gulf Coast. So, some mid-majors in the hat for Joe Toussaint. I mean, he was kind of an odd man out of Iowa this year because the rise of Keegan Murray, who's right. what, what he thinks would be the third pick in the draft, guys, probably. Yeah. I mean, he was a heck of a player for them. So, he's in the name of the... I mean, he's in the ha- the name of guys that Ohio might be trying to get next year, but and let's not forget he could go D two again. Try to find a Tommy another Tommy Schmock. That's true. Tommy Schmock came for Finley after playing four years there. I love Tommy Schmock. He was one of my favorite players this <laughs> year. He comes out. You got a three point threat. Great on defense. Hustles. Knows his role on that team. Can also play the point. He was just an all around good player. If you had a if you had you know. Five of him, I think you win most of your games. He was a really, really good player, a really good pickup. Good work by Bulls to find him down at the uh, D2 level. Yeah, absolutely. And again, just to reiterate, Mark Sears and the transporter, along with Ben Vanderplas, we'll see how that plays out in the upcoming weeks. We both, I mean, we, we discussed this. We both think that they're going to be looking at getting some, some Power 5 offers along the way. Again, we have a shorter show, 6.30, the Blue Jackets are coming on. Another subject I wanted to touch on just a little bit before we closed on, uh, closed off the, uh, the program today. How about the retirement of Bruce Arians, boys? Todd Bowles will take over the head coaching duties. Obviously still a Byron Leftwich running the offense. But, man, that, 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 that's, that's something that struck me as interesting. Uh, Ross actually texted it to me last night, and I couldn't believe it when I read it. But interesting development down there in Tampa for, you know, obviously Tom Brady – a few weeks ago, stole the headlines coming out of retirement. Now another one for the Bucks with Arians retiring and entering, I think, a, what, a front office role? Yeah. Yeah, he's going to be moving upstairs. But, you know, the, the big the big talk on Twitter today, the big buzz around the NFL, did Brady have anything to do with it? Mm-hmm. The, the conspiracy theorists out there. And I just don't buy that. I just think this is a guy who's won the big game. He's getting old. The rigors of coaching have decided that he's decided that he wants to move to the front office in a more relaxed role. Todd Bowles, obviously a very capable coach. He's coached before at the head coach level, so they're going to get him. They keep Byron Leftwich. They get Tom Brady coming back. I don't really think this changes much down in Tampa. I think there's still the front runners right now coming out of the NFC. Anywhere Tom Brady is playing football, they're the front runners in my mind. And to your point, like you said, he, a, kind of an older guy was Arians. He had already retired once. He, he retired, then came out of the booth. After Pittsburgh, right? Uh, was Arizona. Arizona. But oh, there was right. there was yep. rumors coming out of Pittsburgh that you know Pittsburgh said he sort of retired. Then he moved on to uh, Indianapolis where he took over for Pagino. But there were some rumors swirling around even his Pittsburgh days about the word retirement. And that was about a dozen years ago. So hats off to him for a great career. Three good seasons down there, uh, bringing them a Super Bowl. Uh, he'll do fine in the front office. Absolutely. They're putting him in the ring of honor, actually. That's all the time we have for you today. Thank you, Andrew and Ross, joining me on the Sports Fan. I'm Joe Medor signing off. We've got the Blue Jackets versus the Islanders. Puck drops at 7. Pre-game coming up next right here on 970 
WATH. We'll see you tomorrow. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH FM.